really matters? That might be the most important question you can ask. So let's talk about it. Welcome to What Really Matters podcast, Everyday Spirituality with Karen Wyatt. Thanks for joining me here today for another episode. I'm going to talk today about the topic, why death awareness is necessary for spiritual growth. So this is a topic that actually ties together all of the work that I've been doing because for years I've worked in hospice and I've done end of life university as a podcast and also as an educational resource about death and dying. And then on the side, I've had my spiritual work, which I've been pursuing myself for my entire life, learning more about spirituality. But for many years, those two things were separate my spiritual pursuits on the one hand, and my work around death and dying on the other hand. But I always understood that in some way, they were connected to one another, and they were important. There's a reason why these two things were in my brain, and I was working on them at the same time. And in my book, Seven Lessons for Living from the Dying, I really started pursuing the spiritual lessons that we can learn from confronting death and sitting with death. And so that's when I began to put these two realms together, the spiritual and the end of life realm. And so today, what I want to explain is the fact that it's not just that the spiritual realm and the end of life realm coexist, but they are necessary for one another. So let's talk about this a little bit and why this is the case and why our spiritual growth really depends on our ability to be aware of our mortality, aware of death, and to be able to embrace death. So let's start by understanding the fact that it's normal and part of being human to deny and avoid the idea of death, to have a fear of death. So it's part of who we are. It's part of our humanity. And I have a quote here from the Dalai Lama who said, man lives as if he is never going to die and then dies having never really lived. And this expresses really well the issue here that if we do live in continual and constant avoidance of death, avoidance of the fact that one day we will die, that our lives are fleeting and precious, then we run the risk of never really fully living and experiencing and enjoying life while we have it. And so I found a Harris poll, which said that two thirds of Americans are actually unhappy with life. They're not happy with anything about their life and how it is proceeding. And I would venture to say that right now in 2021, that number is even higher because we're still caught up in a pandemic, in a lot of social unrest and climate change right now. So that number is probably even higher. So the irony here is that most people are clinging to life itself and wanting to live as long as possible and yet at the same time not happy with life, not enjoying life, not feeling good about life, and yet they fear life coming to an end. So this is an interesting conundrum that we find ourselves in. And I wanted to point out also that 
there are other ways of viewing death and handling death in societies. And if we look at um, Tibetan Buddhist societies, adults in those cultures begin preparing for death throughout adulthood. They think about death constantly every day. And in fact, in the country of Bhutan, I've read that they have a practice of contemplating death five times a day. What a contrast with our society where we push away anything that would remind us that we're mortal, anything that would make us confront the reality that we will die one day. In Bhutan, they intentionally contemplate death five times a day. So that's very common in Buddhist practices to incorporate death and to think about the fact of impermanence, which I've talked about now in a couple of previous episodes, the fact that we won't be here forever, nothing lasts, everything changes. So the ability to acknowledge our mortality plays a role in being able to really truly enjoy life and get the most out of life. And that's a bit of a paradox that we desperately need to understand and take seriously. And I want to talk a little bit about development and how our spiritual development occurs. And I've mentioned this before in uh, some previous episodes, so you can go back and listen. You've already heard me talk about going through various stages in our spiritual development and stages in our levels of consciousness. But Carl Jung wrote, the first half of life is devoted to forming a healthy ego. The second half is going inward and letting go of it. So this is a reflection on my second book, The Journey from Ego to Soul, and talking about how we begin as ego-driven, ego-focused beings, and the ultimate goal is for us to become soul-guided in how we live our lives rather than ego-driven. And what Carl Jung is talking about is, again, the normal developmental process that at the beginning of our lives, we are forming ourselves. We don't know who we are yet. We're creating ourselves in each moment. We're discovering things about ourselves. We're figuring out what we like and what we're good at and what we feel inspired to do with our time. So we're being shaped and changed every day by the experiences that we have, and we keep learning more and more about who we are. And this is the process of developing a healthy ego, a healthy sense of ourself and who we are as individuals in our society. But something happens that shifts our focus so that we are no longer looking at how do I strengthen myself and develop myself as an individual. And we begin to turn our attention inward toward how do I become a better person? How do I become the best and highest self I could possibly be? How do I find my own higher consciousness and live from that level? Ken Wilbur describes this time of growth as the arcs of life, and he he describes the the outward arc is the first half of life, and, and half, I'm going to explain that, isn't necessarily a measurement of exactly one half of your years, um, but the, the first phase of your life is the outward arc, when everything is focused outward. 
you are shaped and influenced by your external experiences, by the teachings of other people, by the expectations of people around you, by the jobs you have, by the authority figures in your life. And this is this time of developing the healthy ego that Carl Jung described. So the outward arc proceeds along and you continue your focus outside of yourself until, as I said before, something happens to shift your attention. And think of that as literally an inflection point, as literally a fulcrum where all of a sudden, everything shifts direction, there is a change in life. And oftentimes, for many of us, that inflection point is something traumatic that happens in our life, it might be an illness or injury that we encounter some sort of trauma, a brush with death, a loss and grief that we experience a near death experience, it might be an incredible spiritual experience that happens. For some people, it happens through the use of psychedelics that kind of expand the consciousness suddenly and make people aware of something beyond themselves and triggers the inward arc, which is the second half of life. And that's Ken Wilber calls it the inward arc, we turn inward, we begin to focus on how can I grow? How do I heal my wounds? How do I look at my shadow? How do I become the best person I can be? So this inflection point happens. And I am saying that's the point at which we become undeniably aware of our own mortality. That's the point at which we recognize, I'm, I'm not going to be here forever, there will be a time when I am going to begin to move toward death, or there will be a time suddenly, when my physical life comes to an end, I don't know when that time is. I know that it's going to come though, and I know that I'm best served by using whatever time I have to grow toward becoming the best person I can be. So this awareness of death is the key for shifting into the inward arc where we begin to grow spiritually and we focus on our higher selves, on becoming guided by our souls and by manifesting the best and highest consciousness that we can possibly bring to the world. So to look at this a a little further, the reason death awareness is so important is that because until we confront and accept our mortality, until we know for certain that we are not going to be physically present on this earth forever, We will fill our time and expend our energy creating projects to help us deny and avoid the reality of death. And Ernest Becker in his book, The Denial of Death, calls these immortality projects. They might be the jobs we pursue, the relationships we give our time to. It might be hobbies or just other ways that we spend our time, organizations we belong to, addictions we foster in ourselves, maybe even religions that we pursue or beliefs that we follow that help us avoid and deny death. So 
medical care can be one of the immortality projects. Doctors prescribe drugs and treatments to help people fend off death and avoid thinking or talking about death. And patients are all too willing to go along with these treatments and engage in them with all of their energy and all of their bandwidth in order to fend off death rather than spend some time contemplating death, which might actually help them become healthier in the end. So the issue is, if we are creating these immortality projects, our life gradually gets used up, consumed and filled with empty projects that don't actually foster greater meaning, peace, love or joy. And so what I believe is when we reach that inflection point and begin the inward journey, the painful inward journey of truly looking at ourselves, truly examining our fears, our insecurities, our weaknesses and flaws, our wounds, our pain, when we begin that inward journey, at least we're no longer denying the reality of death We are embracing it and recognizing the preciousness of each moment of life. And it's at that point that we can begin to to learn what does really matter in our life. What is worthy of our time and our energy and our attention? How should we be spending our days and our time that will bring more love and joy to the world that will help us make the most of every moment that we have and use our creativity and help us become the highest best people that we were meant to be so the best way to truly live truly engage with life is to be aware of death to be honest about the fact that we will not be here in physical form forever. So we have to do something now to make our life meaningful and to enjoy everything that life has available for us. So I encourage you to think about your own life and the arc of your own life. Where are you on the outward arc or on the inward arc? If you're listening to this podcast, I assume you're somewhere on the inward arc. But think about it for you. Where was your inflection point? When did your focus begin to turn from outward pursuits to the inward arc, to longing to grow, longing to have more spiritual awareness in your life? And think about it for yourself, was death awareness part of that shift for you? I'm saying I think it's essential and a necessary part, but I don't necessarily know if that's the case for every person. It has been for me and for many, many people that I've talked to, but think about that for you. Has death awareness played a role? And I believe it plays an ongoing role. I think that we should adopt practices like the Tibetan Buddhists of contemplating death even even on a daily basis. You know, my friend Kate Manser Uh, created the movement, you might die tomorrow, so live today. And it's such a reminder every day to stop and think about how fleeting life is. I might not be here tomorrow, so I better watch the sunset today. I wanted to go for a walk in the woods. I better do it today. I might not be here tomorrow. And so I love that having just a little slogan, a little 
mantra like that in mind, I might not be here tomorrow. I need to do this today. That can help us remember that life is fleeting. So pay attention, get present, be real with whatever is happening for you right here, right now. And if someone invites you to go to coffee today, maybe you need to go. Don't put it off and say, oh, call me next month. Think about it. Maybe this is the day when that's the right thing to do because you might not be here in a month or the other person might not be here. And so everything in your life begins to shift when your perspective includes the fact that I will die one day. I am mortal. Life will not go on forever. It helps you put things in their place and prioritize properly. So I do believe that as much as possible, it's helpful for us if we develop this daily practice, as I mentioned, and find a way to spend a little, at least a little bit of time contemplating death. Maybe, like I said, the mantra, I might not be here tomorrow. I also have another book that I've written called The Tao of Death, and this is an adaptation of the Tao Te Ching which was written by Lao Tzu more than 2,000 years ago, a Chinese philosopher. So the original book, um, The Tao Te Ching. And The Tao of Death is an adaptation of the verses he wrote in this in his book, From the Perspective of Death. And I wrote it to be a book for helping us contemplate death. And the book consists of 81 verses, which was the structure of Lao Tzu's original book. Each one of them talks philosophically about death and dying and brings in various spiritual elements of death and dying. But it's structured so that you can read one verse a day or even one per week and contemplate it and even journal about it. And the book comes with a companion journal for each day that you can read that has journaling prompts that can help you write a little bit more about your process on the inward arc of looking at your mortality. So I want to read to you one of the verses from the book. This is verse number 42. This will just give you a little taste of of what I'm talking about here. Everything arises from one source, but on earth, all things are perceived as opposites, light and dark, good and evil, yin and yang, feminine and masculine, birth and death. Thus, the one becomes two. You are always choosing one side or the other. But there is a third way of seeing when opposites are integrated and a new harmony is created. Thus, the fear of death merges with the wonderment of birth to produce love of life. This is the great secret of the way of death. Embrace death to live the fullest life. For though the body fades away, the soul belongs to the whole universe. Without this knowledge, life is meaningless and death nothing but a cruel destroyer. 
So I wanted to give you that little sampling of one of the verses from the book. And, and this is what I'm suggesting as a potential practice for you, if you're interested to do what I'm saying, read one verse a day or one a week or so and contemplate it, write about it and let it inspire you a little bit to think more about death and what death offers us as a teacher. If you're interested in the book, The Tao of Death, and Tao is spelled T-A-O, it's pronounced Tao, The Tao of Death, The Secret to a Rich and Meaningful Life by Karen Wyatt. You can find it on Amazon, and I'll leave a link to it in the show notes for this episode. Once you get the book, there's a link inside to get the free companion journal that I was mentioning. But I want to read one more verse for you. This is one of my favorites. It's verse number 51. Love, the creative energy of the universe, gives rise to everything and then draws it back again with perfect timing. This is the way of death. Love breathes life into material form and nurtures, teaches, and protects it, asking nothing in return until life dissolves once again into love. Knowing that your life is just a single breath of love, cherish everything, cling to nothing. The way of death whispers in your ear, there is only love. And so this is why I teach this and why I feel these two topics, the end of life and spirituality, have come together inside of me in my own heart and why I feel compelled to talk about and teach about them together as one. And uh, that I believe death awareness and this mortality acceptance this shifting to the inward arc is really the key for experiencing a meaningful life, but also for being to, able to fully experience love in your life and f to bring as much love as possible to the earth. And I feel that this is what our society desperately needs right now. We desperately need death-aware fully manifested, higher consciousness, love everywhere we can get it on our planet. So I encourage you to do whatever work you need to do to come to terms with your own fear of death, to become aware of your mortality and to be accepting of it so that you can live fully in every single moment. And this podcast, What Really Matters, is dedicated to that idea, to encouraging you along the way offering you whatever little bits of wisdom or inspiration that I find, whatever is speaking to me in the moment. And I hope it's helpful to you on your inward journey as you are growing and expanding your own consciousness. So until we're together the next time, remember there is only love. That's what we came here for, to experience as much love as possible and to learn how to love ourselves and how to love the rest of life and love all of the world, to love everything that we encounter, everything that we're exposed to in our lives.
So face your fear, be ready for whatever happens next, and love each and every moment of your very precious and fleeting life. Bye-bye.